This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everyone, and welcome back into the Moment of Truth podcast. This week's guest is actor and director of football relations for UCLA, Scott Ruggles. Scott is building a unique career blending football and acting. While not many can say they have been the head coach of successful football programs and played a coach on television, Scott tells the story about the surprise audition with a legendary director that got him started, how he managed to get his life back on track through therapy and meditation, and how yoga has given him insight on and off the field. But before we get started, first a quick message from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for your 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Play make-believe, regardless of the show, the role, uh, I'm always grateful. So. I want to uh, rewind a little bit for people who are um, unfamiliar with your history and how you got to where you are right now. So you spent years in football, you played in high school, you played in college, uh, your dad's a coach, and then you mm-hmm. went on to coach yourself. Um, so how did you take the turn to acting? Um, I guess I was always intrigued by it, but we just never had it, you know, growing up, you know, there was no opportunities for plays or anything. And you know, like you said, I played, my dad was a coach. I played for my dad in high school and college. Um, in high school, I played football and ice hockey for him. So coaching was what I wanted to do. And then ironically, my ex-wife um, sent in a picture of me uh, from the pool in the hard rock uh, to the casting office in Boston. And fast forward, I get a call. I was coaching the quarterbacks at Central Connecticut State. And they were looking for somebody, looking for alpha type people. And I got a call, told uh, our ops guy, hey, I got to run back to Massachusetts. Um, just tell Coach Masella, give him some story, you know, besides the truth, if he asks. And uh, I went back and, you know, I had no idea what was going on and, um, you know, did an improv for the casting director. And about, probably about 10 minutes after that, I jumped in my car and got a call back to the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, I called my buddy. I said, hey, this is pre-MapQuest or pre-GPS, you know, GPS, so MapQuest me to the Ritz Carlton. And sure enough, uh, it was a callback and got to read from Martin Scorsese for my first audition. Um, I didn't get it, but you know, to get in that room, it's one of those things I wish I could go back in time just to take that all in. But 
you know, obviously it was surreal and such a cool moment to look back. Um, but yeah, that was my first audition and I was coaching the D line at Harvard. And I remember looking out my window it was a blizzard and I was like, you know, I don't know why this is happening. Um, you know, but it did. And then, uh, when I was at Harvard, I got cast in the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Um, and that's how I get into the union. Didn't know what it was at the time. And, you know, I came out to visit my college roommate who lived in Huntington Beach, you know, drinking mimosas on a Sunday on a beach deck in Huntington Beach while we're in a blizzard back home. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I uh, told everybody besides the head coach at Harvard. Uh, so everybody knew what I was going to do. Um, and I drove out here in June, flew back in July to work our camp at Harvard. Once my check cleared, I walked into Coach Murphy's office. Um, I want to say it was like July 10th, which is career suicide, I think, as a college <laughs> coach to do that. And uh, I told him what I was going to do. He gave me a high five and said, go for it. And uh, that was 15 years ago. So, I mean, reflect a little bit on that, though. Reading, did you know who you were reading for? I have so many questions. On your first read, did you know who you were auditioning for? I didn't. I had no idea. So I walk in. I mean, it's priceless when you look back. I walk in. I'm literally dressed like this. I have a sweatshirt on, jeans. Everybody's dressed like, you know, for an audition. Cops, suits. They, it looks, you know, it's a big boy audition. I almost didn't go in. I mean, honestly, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here? I went in and I didn't even know what sides were, right? So I'm driving down the Mass Pike. I have the, the words, you know, in my thing. I'm trying to memorize them. I walk in and the casting director is like, so what have you done? And I'm like, uh, acting wise? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, uh, I'm like, nothing. She's like, well, who are you? I'm like, I'm a football coach up the street. Somebody called, you know. Um, I'm like, you want to read those things? And she's like, uh, no, those things are called sides. I was like, oh, great. This is going real well. Um, and she's like, listen, I want you to improv. You're a drill instructor at the State Police Academy proctoring an exam. So for me, it was just like running a position meeting, right? So I'm moving around, I'm, you know, stern. And then when I got to read for Martin Scorsese, I was the last one to go. And the casting director's like, listen, you were the most authentic read we had, but can you not move? And, and I'm like, I don't even know at that point what came out of my mouth, but um, I went to leave when I was done. And he's like, he's like, whoa, where are you going? And he's like, uh, have you ever acted before? And I said, no. Uh, and I left and you know, that was it, but it, just such a cool experience, you know, like anything in life, when you look back at some of the things, you know, the good and bads of your life, um, this was definitely a high point that, um, you know, gave me the, I guess, the courage to, to make the leap, of, the leap of faith to, to leave football the first time. So we'll see. Had you ever thought about that before? Like in, when you were in high school, when you were in college, did you ever want to pursue a career in theater or had it always been football and following into your, in your dad's footsteps? Yeah, I think it was always at that time, it was football. Like I, I did an internship at Harvard my junior year of college when I was playing. So, you know, I was ready to go. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Again, I loved movies growing up, but we just didn't have that that opportunity, I guess, to, to pursue the arts. So I was happy, you know, playing sports and playing sports in college. And then, you know, my goal was to, I was going to be a college or a professional football coach. That's what I was going to do. Well, you, you did it. You, you I did. Yeah. 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 No, it was fun. It's, it's, I still do it. You know, that's the cool part about um, life is, you know, you, you think you close the door and then when you, you least expect it, doors open back up and, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to, to be able to do a couple of things I truly love. 
Well, and what I love about it too is like so many actors in Los Angeles, you could say you're an actor, but you really are a personal assistant or you work in another field or you do whatever, or you're a waiter, you do whatever it takes to make end meet, ends meet, but your meeting of the ends is a little bit uh, more unique than I would say most actors. You're definitely not by any means struggling out there. So how does UCLA feel about you pursuing an acting career? Um, well, you know, it's funny you ask that. Everything in life is about relationships, right? Whether it's acting, sports, business. And my first job uh, out of college was coaching the tight ends at the University of New Hampshire when uh, Chip Kelly was the offensive coordinator. And, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. Obviously, like I said, my dad's a coach. So we used to go up and watch UNH practice when I was a kid. So I knew Chip when I was a kid. And then my first job was working for him. So I've known Chip for 25, 30 years. And um, when I, I was the head coach at Harvard Westlake out here, the big private school where a lot of the who's who of LA send their kids. So when I was done there, coach got the job. So the timing was, was interesting. And when he called me to, to go in for a job, I said, no, because um, my partner uh, at the time, we had just sold the movie to Sony. So I was going to really go for the acting and the producing and, and really go for it um because I could never do it as the head coach you know they Harvard Wesley didn't really like the fact that I was the head football coach and a thespian I just don't think they thought that was a good mix so um I could never audition much you know in the fall and when coach called when I told him you know no he basically told me as polite as he could in his New England ways to bring my butt into his office and talk and we did and he said listen I I have a job in player development that I can't get anybody to fill because it's not paying a lot of money. This school's still paying you, you know, come on board. And I'm like, coach, that's really gracious of you, but I really want to do this acting stuff. And he's like, you can absolutely do it, you know? Um, and that first year is when I was able to audition. I started to book work as an actor. And then year two, um, he created a job to where, you know, it was, a, he made me the director of football relations, which, you know, the acting comes into play in that because obviously we're in LA and um, you know, a lot of entertainment people, but it's the perfect job for me because I'm not doing the X's and O's. So I don't have to run a meeting. I don't have to game plan. Um, you know, I get to, you know, still deal with high school coaches, deal with a little recruiting and then, you know, deal with, you know, again, uh, people coming to practice, you know, from Wahlberg to, you know, phase clan guys to you name it we have people at practice and that's the cool thing again about relationships is i get to hang out with those guys and you know bs all practice so um again truly blessed to still be involved in football in a different way um but for me for what i really want to do it's awesome and ucla uh and coach kelly the administration they've all been uh unbelievable well speaking of entertainment also but perry's son shay is on your team so I mean, have you ever thought representation or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I you know, um, I, he's one of my favorite kids, um, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, every day, he just, uh, he, he's what makes still being involved in football worth everything, you know, it's the kids and the people. So, um, but yeah, I know his mom is is tied into something, right? I mean, you know, I don't know if she, does she rep actors? Does she rep like broadcasters? What does she, what does she do? Uh, she reps everybody. She's like the who's who, but uh, broadcasters, production companies. I'm not who sure. Who is she that. with? Is she, because I like, she's tied into us at, through like IMG. Like I get an email from her telling me they're going to take money out of my paycheck because uh, <laughs> we get taxed on our gear. So that's, 
that's how I interact with her. But then she's an agent. So I'm like, yeah. you know, and see, everybody can do multiple jobs. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the cool part of our life. Definitely. That's so funny. Um, so, I mean, also a huge year for UCLA football. Talk about balancing pursuing a career in acting um, and also being in season. Yeah. Um, well, like tomorrow, um, you know, we practice in the morning. The cool thing about Coach Kelly is we do everything in the morning. So um, L.A. And, and Hollywood, nobody's really getting up early, right, unless you're already mm-hmm. on a show. Um, so we get to do everything in the morning. So tomorrow I'll go into school. We'll practice. They'll get on a plane to fly to Washington. I'll get in my car and go work as an actor. And then I'm going to get my own way uh, to join them uh, on Saturday morning. So, you know, it'd be cool. I'll get to be, you know, football in the morning and then go, you know, pretend I'm the fresh Prince of Bel-Air in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, we're having a good season. You know, it's, um, it's coach's fourth year and um, things take time, right, to build. And I think people in today's world are so, um, you know, they want instant gratification, but it's, I tell people every time I do a podcast, like getting to work for Chip Kelly is like getting to be a fly in the wall to watch a CEO do things. And, you know, just again, we're having success in the field this year, which is awesome, but what he's been able to do with our kids in the classroom, our kids don't get in trouble, but we have a ton of kids over 3-0 that, you know, go to class, you know, they don't have to, you know, be begged to do that. And, you know, obviously when he, when he first took over, things had to change, right? The culture, but um, it's been awesome to see, you know, kids, you know, that we, you know, joined four years ago where they are now and, and to see us having some success on the field. But um, it's no surprise, I think, to the people in the building, just the way coach runs a program and um, does things the right way, um, not just, you know, because somebody outside tells him he should or shouldn't. He's got his beliefs, um, you know, and, and the word character is, is a huge part of that. So does the team know that you're going to be playing on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? No, nobody knows that. I, I let coach know today. Uh, coach's wife and him know today um you know they will soon enough I'm sure but I haven't uh, a couple of the coaches know but none of the kids know yet wow I got the hot scoops well you do you have to I mean you gotta keep quiet you know for a couple days (laughs) we don't go on strike here they're about to supposedly strike now in Hollywood the the crews I think um they're they're saying Monday is going to be a a bad time in Hollywood so hopefully people can uh you know work at the table tomorrow to negotiate make everybody happy so we don't go on strike so what I love so much about your story, obviously I read up on you. I listened to a couple of podcasts that you had come on um, beforehand before interviewing you. What I love about your story is that it proves that no line, no path to success is straight. There's, or I guess to whatever your definition of success is, whatever the, whatever you hope to succeed in uh, your desired field. And for a while you took this job at Harvard Westlake. How many years were you there again? I was there seven, six as the head coach six years as the head coach at that point did you think acting was over for you or did you think I had come all this way to LA and I gave up and now I'm back to doing what I was doing no I think you know again I think sometimes in life you you have you know bumps in the road or you know you have to call an audible right to use a football term and um I just knew when I when I became the head coach you know there was just a again people have different views right on life and um that the acting was probably going to have to be put on the back burner and just find ways to do it when I might say nobody was watching, but when you're the head coach, obviously you have way more responsibilities. Um, but it didn't get put to bed, but it, I took a timeout, I guess mm-hmm. I put it that way. And um, it just got put on the back burner and 
I, I look at it like things happen. There's a reason why that happened. And mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm glad because, again, there's been times uh, in the 15 years here that I've literally felt like, what am I doing? Why don't I just get back in my car and go beg for a college coaching job again? But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, again, I owe a lot to, to both my parents and coaches you've had in your life and, and, and role models that uh, when times get tough, you know, you think back to, you know, the advice and the, and the people in your life that, that made a difference when you were younger. And, and I'm grateful to those people. Yeah, I think LA, I, I'm a transplant as well. And I moved here following a dream. You know, it, there are different turns you can take. And I've definitely had those moments where you're sitting there like, what am I doing? Why did I leave everything I know to yeah. come pursue a life out here in California? What was your moment of truth? This episode's moment of truth. So I like to ask people this question. What was your moment of truth uh, while coaching at Harvard West, like that made you realize, you know what, I need to dive fully back into this, into the acting thing. Did you have like a come to Jesus moment where you realized you weren't as happy? Yeah. I uh, went to a shrink. Um, you know, this woman in Beverly Hills changed my life. Um, you know, Harvard Westlake's an awesome place. I'm, I'm forever grateful for the opportunity they gave me to be the head coach, the people, the kids, everything about it is, is first class. I couldn't imagine going to high school at a place like that. Um, but you know, there was, you know, you're in and out of, I was in a relationship um, and I couldn't really do the acting, you know, probably butting heads with some people at Harvard Westlake, mostly probably my fault, right? As you look back. Um, and I was the common theme in a lot of, not negativity, but relationships, you know, uh, ended, you know, I'm, I'm the theme, multiple women ending relationships, uh, butting heads with administration, not being able to act. Finally, I'm like, you know, it's time to have that come to Jesus moment, look in the mirror. And, and that's what I did. And I'm, I'm grateful uh, that I gave myself that gift and was able to um, find an awesome, awesome person to uh, really learn about life, really learn about myself. And again, nowhere near done that journey uh, of self-development and figuring out life. But what I really became is aware of, of not just myself, but uh, others and my surroundings. And um, by doing that, you know, obviously very tough, some tough moments behind closed doors, but uh, you talk about therapeutic and, and grateful to um, other people. I think that's I think one of the hard things is as we, I still deal with kids at the college age. It's hard for especially men mm -hmm. to ask for help, right? Um, and the mental health stuff is, is a real deal. And my life was good, right? I mean, I, I made a lot of money being a high school coach and, and you know, got to go to fancy restaurants and you know, it was, life was good to the outside, but, um, it needed to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. and that, that moment, that turn, if I didn't do that, you, we, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you because I sure as heck wouldn't be an actor. I sure as heck wouldn't be working at UCLA. Um, and I don't know where I'd be. So again, I'm grateful to the people that helped in that journey. Yeah, you know what, I, I think it's really, really great that you just shared that because I think a lot of people in the sports world, men in particular don't want to talk about seeking help or seeking therapy and it's completely normal. It's just stigmatized, especially in the world of sports and I would imagine in the world of coaching. Um, so thank you so much for opening up about that and sharing that. Did somebody like point you in the right direction or did you just come to this realization on your own that you wanted to seek help? Well, I had, you know, uh, Throughout my childhood, you know, I guess everybody's got childhood trauma, right? Um, you know, so as a kid, you know, my parents were divorced. Uh, just to give you the cliff notes, my mom left my dad for a female. So, you know, back in that time in Massachusetts, that was hard for everybody involved. 
you know, my mom, you know, I can't imagine what it took for her to come out at that point. Um, it was hard on my sister and I, and my dad. So we, we all went to counseling at that point. So I had been in counseling as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, when, as a coach, you're counseling kids and you're giving advice. And, you know, I think it, at that point it was like, man, I'm giving good advice, but I'm really not taking my own advice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when you're the common theme in a bad after school special, um, you know, you, you don't want to play the bad guy in that, that situation. That's, I think, what my life was becoming, mm-hmm. um, at least in my own mind. And like I said, it's not easy. Uh, I don't care who you are, uh, what you do for a job. It's not easy to, to look yourself in the mirror and have an honest conversation. And like I said, um, I'm nowhere near uh, where I want to be with that, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited on where life could go um, in this journey, you know, obviously with, with health, body, mind, soul, and, and everything else. What daily practices do you put into place to keep yourself on the right track? Meditation. Uh, I tell people meditation and yoga were two of the things that truly helped me change because I used to be a certifiable lunatic um, when I was a football, when I was an on-field coach. Um, and I think a lot of that just stems from different things in life. But I got into yoga, which was awesome for my body. And, and you know, again, being from Boston, we, we go 100 miles an hour in everything we do. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized it took me it took me a long time to realize that not everybody goes 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. um, especially off the field. So um, yoga forced me to slow down. And then meditation um, truly changed my life and, and in different ways. Like I, I Harvard Wesley paid for me to go do meditation that was way too long, just didn't work for me. And then I brought in a, a good friend of mine to do yoga with our team, I yoga with our team, um, meditation with our team. Mm-hmm. And it was a short version and the kids bought in and we had success. And I'm like, you know what, I got to try that. And I took on what he was teaching, made it my own. And I do it every day before yoga, um, you know, about three to five minutes a day. And it's truly just slowed everything down. And just, which was awesome because I, I went one speed and it was way too fast. So that's another thing. I think people in the sports world, I have some friends who are in the uh, professional athlete realm and they, you know, a lot of them have bought into the meditation thing over the years, just seeing them grow up and uh, Mm -hmm. figure out how to manage themselves throughout the day, because we all have stresses and there's always going to be circumstances, but I myself am a big fan of meditation. I try to at least every morning Um, when you tell when you try to help somebody, uh, like say there's a guy on your team who, you know, you might see struggling and you suggest meditation, are they open to it? Or what if they're not open to it? What, what do you do there? Well, I think, you know, anytime that's one of the things I, I'm lucky to, to do at UCLA is, is to counsel the kids. When, when coach hired me, one of the things he said is, you know, you've dealt with young kids as a high school coach. So I think you can relate, you know, maybe better to these kids than some of us can because you've dealt with younger kids. and. Um, I think kids are more open today um, to listen, but I think if, if kids, like back in the day when I played, if somebody said run through a wall, you just ran through a wall. Mm-hmm. Today, you need to show kids, I think and people in general, not just in sports, but if people know you care or you're willing to show some vulnerability on your part. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, again, I'm not their position coaches, right? So they all know me. They know that I have a life outside with the entertainment but I don't get to interact with them like I was if I was a coach on the field. So when they come to my office, 
they know me, and, but it, it probably, you know, it's new to them, right? So the first thing I'll do with them is say, hey, listen, you know, I have dealt with stuff. I went to a shrink when I was 37, changed my life. My mother's gay. Uh, and I basically just get vulnerable and say, hey, I'm willing to take off my mask. I don't really know you. So let's just, let's develop trust faster than we would in, in the real world. And you'd be amazed. I think, um, again, I don't think it's just in sports, but if you're willing to be vulnerable with people, um, the trust factor comes, you know, much faster. And I think, again, they want help. I think kids, they have access to so many things with the internet today um, that they're always looking for an edge. And if they trust you and they know you care about them, I think kids will still run through a wall for you today. Has that been uh, the key to some of the success that UCLA has been seeing this season, meditation? Um, yeah, we've, we've done meditation. A lot of our kids, um, you know, in the past, you know, I know Darnay Holmes, who was a great defensive back for us. Um, I brought my buddy in uh, to work with some of the kids that had done, you know, the guy that worked for me at Harvard Westlake doing the meditation. He came in, worked with a bunch of our kids. Um, it's not mandatory by any stretch of the imagination, but we have headspace. We have people that have come in. Uh, our strength staff has done a great job with all that stuff. And um, it's, it's really fun talking to these kids today because they are exposed to so many things that we weren't, I guess, both good and bad. Um, that I couldn't imagine having this when I was a player. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just excited to get a couple pieces of ice, you know, in a bag. Never mind, you know, mind games and protein shakes and all these other good <laughs> The luxuries. Yeah, seriously. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a blast. And like I said, I think it's, it's, it's awesome to still, you know, be involved in football and, and, and work with a different, different generation of kid because it's way different from when I first got into coaching till now. And I think, um, you either evolve or you die. And I think that's what the, the sport and coaching, especially football has become. People are evolving and changing and things you're seeing now, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, some coaches in the past will probably roll over in their graves, but you know, that's just the way of the world. Agreed. If you could see your career going, how, how would you like to marry your, your one, your first love and your second love? What's your ultimate goal with acting and Working. Yeah, well, the, you know, I've been fortunate enough, again, going back to relationships to meet some cool people in the producing world. So we have some really awesome stuff going on with that. You know, unfortunately, that just takes a long time. So, but, you know, I'm not one to just say I'm going to put my eggs in one basket. So the producing world is awesome. The acting world is what I would like to do simultaneously with producing and then stay involved with football. You know, to what extent, I don't know, but um, I think I have the perfect job for what I want to do. And I work for the uh, the great greatest university and, and a great head coach. Uh, and I think that's why I'm able to mirror everything. And, you know, I think at some point, you know, when things pick up, hopefully they pick up in the entertainment world, you know, and keep growing that way and getting my foot in the door more and get more opportunities that at some point you have to make a decision. Um, and the, de the decision would definitely be for the entertainment world. But I tell people, anybody that will listen, football has given me everything I have in my life. And the only reason I'm able to even do the entertainment and to deal with the ups and downs of that is because um, the sport of football and the people that I've met throughout that, that journey of, of playing football. You have an awesome story of how fate really had other plans for you. It said, you're not just going to be a football coach. You're also going to be an actor, potentially mm -hmm. huge. Sounds story. good to me. You know, I should <laughs> hire you as my agent. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'll get on that. <laughs> um, well, at the end of this podcast, I love to play the game two truths and a lie. Uh, to just, I mean, you've already told me so much about yourself. This has been a very vulnerable episode, but 
Tell me two truths and one lie, and I have to guess what the lie is. Oh, interesting. Um, all right, let's go food. I love lobster, pizza, and chicken parmesan. So two of those are true and one's a lie? One's a lie, two are true. See how good of a detective you are. But I really want to say that you don't love lobster because that would be ironic being from the East Coast. Is that your final answer? Or... I think it's the that... final answer. It's true. I don't, I don't like seafood. So what well is done. that? You know, what I know I like, well, I like clam chowder. I, I do take that back. I like clam chowder. I'll eat sushi with the green stuff on it, but um, only tuna. Uh, but I do not like fish and seafood or lobster, crab, whatever that. You know what? That is so funny. You're the second person I've met out in Los Angeles who is from Massachusetts mm-hmm. and doesn't like seafood. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather go to the North end or go to Dan Tanis here and get Italian food. Oh you know? yeah. <laughs> so. That's, those are my two truths and one lie. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I thought you would guess. I, it seems like everybody loves lobster and does backflips for it. I, I don't get it, but to each his own. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I appreciate you carving yeah. out some time for me. When can we look for your episode? Do you know yet when it will air? I don't. I really don't know anything. I got a, you know, um, you know, I had a bunch of auditions last week and this one came in and you, you win some, you, you lose a lot more in town, but I'm uh, just happy to have the opportunity and grateful uh, but I know it's on Peacock and I know there it's a much darker version. That's all I know. I'm looking forward to uh, going to Bel Air tomorrow and, uh, and having a fun day after football practice. I'm looking forward to seeing your coaching skills on television pretty soon. So hopefully, hopefully we win and, uh, you know, Carlton and Will are happy. You know? <laughs> well, thank you so much again. It was a pleasure to speak with you and thank you for sharing today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.